Let's bow. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for another day just to be able to gather together like this as your children, as your adopted ones. We thank you for this privilege. We thank you for your word and your spirit that speak to us and guide us and open our eyes. We also, Father, pray right now for those who can't be here with us live together in fellowship. Please let them know that we are with them in spirit. We ask that you heal them according to your will and bring them back to us so that we can fellowship face to face again. Father, we know you have a time for everything, including a time to just be patient. And we ask that you enlighten us today by your Holy Spirit. We ask all these things based on the merits of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Well, again, good to see you all this morning. Um, the supernatural fruit of patience is our message today. And we'll see why it's exactly titled this way as well. Um, but it's actually been a long time coming for this message, and I'll get to that a little bit later also. First, I want to thank Pastor Collins for the chance to fill in for him behind his pulpit here. Uh, it's always an honor and a privilege to serve up this meal this morning for everybody. Recently, we delved into the tremendous patience of God towards us. If you remember, I think it was maybe a couple weeks ago, we had a few messages talking about the tremendous, <laughs> uh, unspeakable patience of God towards us. When we consider all of our sins, including our willful sins against him. Just think about that for a minute. Not only when we consider the magnitude and the number, the sheer number of our sins over the years, how about our willful sins against him? When we know we're doing something wrong, we still go ahead and do it in his face. And yet he waits. He doesn't just, you know, expire us, right? He doesn't just take us out. He waits, and he waits some more. And it's really beyond human comprehension how patient God is towards us. It, it literally takes an act of God in our souls to see this, at least to see it more even, but we'll never see it fully in this life. When we consider God's overwhelming patience towards us, we are then made more appreciative and grateful towards the Lord, which in turn gives us peace and happiness. So this is exactly what our Heavenly Father wants us to abide in, part of the sphere of love even, to abide in peace and happiness. Why? Because He is so awesome towards us, so gentle, so patient. And again, the more grateful we are, the more we realize how much He's done for us, the more peace and happiness we share with Him. As this week's blog compliments God's patience toward us, to consider the extent of His forgiveness toward us is staggering if we humble our hearts to confess all of our sinfulness against him, then we start to see it. Or we see it more and more. Hopefully every day, God wants us to see it more and more every day. How kind and gentle and gracious and patient he's been with us. And if we're not progressing on that track, then something's wrong with our attitude, our perspective, the way we look at things when we wake up in the morning. That should be an ever-increasing track that we notice a little bit more each day or give him credit a little bit more each day for how patient he is with us. And that results again in our peace, being in the sphere of love with him. So when we're honest with ourselves, we appreciate God's mercy every day, and we can love the Lord like the woman with the alabaster vial did, who got down on her knees and, and wept, poured the perfume on his feet, kissed his feet, 
because she understood how much she was forgiven of without any strings attached. As we know in Luke chapter 7, verse 47, he who is forgiven much loves much. And that's all of us. The question is, do we recognize it? Are we humble enough to recognize it? So on the board, the blog this week from April 16th of 2021 was a grateful heart is a blessed heart. A grateful heart is a blessed heart. And just like we were just talking about a minute ago, the more grateful we are, the more peace and happiness we have. Remember the word blessed in the original language means happinesses. A grateful heart is a blessed heart. If you're missing true happiness in your life, maybe you aren't being grateful enough towards God in your daily life. Maybe that's the problem. I would, I would venture to say it's the problem for the majority of us. We're just not stopping and being grateful enough for his kindness, for his patience, for his forgiveness. So please read the blog if you haven't already, if you want to grow closer to the Lord in this way. Appreciation is a big thing, and we only lack it because we fail to consider the full extent of his love and forgiveness towards us personally. So that being said, kind of like an introduction, um, in this special message on the supernatural fruit of patience, we're going to see patience from a different angle than we did a couple weeks ago, namely patience in our lives as believers. Okay, we've talked a lot about God's patience towards us, which is, you literally cannot comprehend it. But now we're going to talk about patience in our lives as believers, patience in our souls that we hold on to, that we utilize to the glory of God. And we're going to see how and why we should think and live in patience. And when we do so, we're also passing on his patience that he has shown us. Right? So we've been talking a lot about the other side of grace lately and how we love to receive grace from God, right? Lord, be patient to me. Be more patient with me. And for some reason, we hold on to it instead of just being patient with others freely, being gracious toward others like God was gracious toward us. So it goes the same with forgiveness. I love what came out in uh, the messages a couple weeks ago about forgiveness because forgiveness, for me, has always been something that's hard to describe. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's hard to define or explain to someone. But what came out a couple weeks ago is that forgiveness is giving mercy to someone else. We, we love to receive the mercy from God, but do you give it freely? Even when someone's wronged you and spit in your face? That's what forgiveness is, giving mercy to others. And that goes right along with patience. Giving patience to others like God was patient to us. So you might also be wondering why the word supernatural is in the title of our message today. Because after all, aren't all the fruit of the Spirit supernatural? Of course they are. They're of God, right? But the point is, the point that the Spirit wants to make is that we cannot have godly patience on our own. Amen, anybody? <laughs> we can't do it. I used to think I was patient until he keeps putting me in situations where I lose my patience. <laughs> Seriously, right? He puts you in a situation with a person or with a thing or whatever, a work or a family or whatever situation, and you're like, all right, I can handle this. Just be patient. <laughs> and a minute later, you go, boom, I can't take it. And God shows you again that you need his help to be patient. You need to lean on him to be patient. It's really comical, but it's very humbling. And in that moment, don't we then look up and go, God, help? Right? So... Let's start out with a passage that reminds us that we have to actually rely on God for everything, including being patient. 
Turn in your Bibles to John 1, verse 12. John 1, verse 12. We have to rely on God even in the moment that we're dealing with someone or something. We have to be like, Lord, I can't do it. Help me. Help me be like Jesus in this situation. Whether it be abiding in his love or something like patience, that is a work of God. It is supernatural. So look at John 1, 12 and 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. How were we born again? Of God. You were not born again by your own will. Uh, like, I'm going to make it happen. Like, let me concentrate and believe and force my way into the kingdom, even though I don't really believe. No, God, you have to give me the faith. I need your help. I need your mercy. I'm a sinner. I don't deserve it. And so just like the will of man or the will of the flesh cannot make someone born again, your own will cannot make you patient. It'll be a human form of patience that lasts about this long. And poof, it's gone. So as we'll see coming up, God caused us to be born again. And just as we relied on God when we first surrendered to him in repentant faith, we must rely on God each day surrendering to his ways. And this includes being able or enabled, we might say, to live in the patience of God. So on the board, we're talking about the supernatural fruit of patience. Patience is a wonderful virtue to grow in because it can take us through anything in life. Notice that's in bold or in the, in the color there, right? Hope you can see that. Patience is such a wonderful virtue to grow in because it can take us through anything in life. We literally could go through anything like Job did, which we're going to see again this morning. We could go through the unimaginable if we have God's patience. Knowing if we simply wait with faith, the Lord rescues us in the end. Doesn't he? Whether it's in this life or the next, doesn't he always rescue us in the end? So what's the problem with waiting? Enduring in the situation with faith. What, what's our problem? We're arrogant. We're selfish. We want relief now. Think of Jesus on the cross. Do you think you could stay in that situation if Jesus stayed in that situation? For the glory of God? But no, we're arrogant. Many times in our lives, if we're simply willing to stay in our situation and trust God, we then will see him go to work in our lives and in our hearts. Again, many times in our lives, if we're simply willing to stay in our situation and trust God, we will then see him go to work in our lives and in our hearts. If we're willing to be patient. Again, the point on the board, the supernatural fruit of patience. Patience is such a wonderful virtue to grow in because it can take us through anything in life. Knowing if we simply wait with faith, the Lord rescues us in the end. Isn't that beautiful? That's the truth. So why not just be patient? Some points from this message come from a few years ago from behind this pulpit. But they are also things we've been talking about fairly recently. For example, we've learned in the past that faith is the vehicle God gives us to carry on in his plan. He gives us faith. And we've been shown that true faith endures. 
and reveals his light in the end. So here's a point from years past on the board. The faithful keep on believing, waiting on God over time. Through faith implies patience if it's going to show itself as true faith, doesn't it? <laughs> How are you living in faith if you're not waiting? being patient, trusting God over a period of time. Eventually, we will receive the things of God. If everything were given to us at once, there's no real test of faith, therefore no faith required. In other words, this is what the spiritual life is all about. If, if there was no faith required, what's the, what's the test? What's the glory to God even in the end? But when we go through something and we stay in it patiently by faith and we trust God for the results and all the people around us are laughing simultaneously, ha, you're trusting on God. It's been months now. He still hasn't come through for you. And then when God's perfect timing, when he relieves you, when he even blesses your socks off and everyone's looking, God is glorified. But what did that take? It took faith over time. It took you holding on to faith over a period of time. What we might call patience. We might say patience is a fruit of faith and also a characteristic of faith. Some of the original language words for faith even, even point to patience. One thing we know Patience is a fruit of the Spirit, and also, the Bible says it's also a fruit of love. So on the board, let's be reminded of these two passages regarding the supernatural fruit of patience. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, part A, love is patient, right? It goes on and on, right? Love is patient, love is kind, but love is patient. Galatians 5, 22, part A, the fruit of of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. This is a supernatural fruit. It's a gift from God granted to the humble, like everything else. So this being established, that patience is a fruit of the Spirit, which God produces in we believers. Let's turn to our main passage today on patience. Go to James 5, verse 7. James 5, verse 7. Excuse me one minute. <clears throat> James 5, verse 7. Let's read through this passage. A few verses here. First of all, in verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. Think of the farmer for a minute. Pause for a minute and think of the farmer. Waits for months, wondering and hoping in God for a good harvest. Once he does the labor, for example, once he plows, once he sows the seeds, right? He has to wait. He can't do anything else. He can't even water the fields if he doesn't have an irrigation system. Think centuries ago, right? Literally looking up to the sky, praying for rain. So can we be patient like that? Isn't that the encouragement here? Be patient, therefore, brothers until the coming of the Lord. See the analogy? Be patient till the coming of the Lord. In other words, the harvest, the ultimate harvest in the end, when he collects all believers and takes them to himself. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. That's us spiritually. 
So on the board, what we're really talking about is walking by faith. Walking by faith. We hate it when things are out of our control, don't we? But those can be the best times in our lives. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. When we learn patience and see the hand of God at work in our lives. Why? Because our backs were against the wall and there was nothing else we could do. We couldn't even water our own crops. And we had to wait and pray and wait and pray. And at the right time, God came through for us and totally surprised us even in the way he did it. Really, we're talking about walking by faith. Not walking by doubt. Not walking by, you know, being disgruntled that God's timing isn't your timing. Walking by faith, again, on the board. We hate it when things are out of our control. But those can be the best times in our lives when we learn patience and see the hand of God at work in our lives. So look at verse 8. James 5, 8. You also be patient like the farmer that waits and trusts in God for the growth. It's God who sanctifies us, remember. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. In other words, your ultimate sanctification is near. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Uh, let's pause there for a minute. I want you to imagine Jesus right now standing in the back of that door, about to enter. If the judge is standing right at the door, which the Bible says the judge is standing right at the door, we don't know when he's coming back, right? Then how close is our sanctification? Yeah, you ever you ever quit on something right before it would have came through and happened for you? You know what I mean? It could have been a race. It could have been a search for something. And you, you gave up. You said, I, I, I give up. And then when you find out later on that the thing, the object or the treasure was only one foot further away. And you gave up. Well, in this case, we don't have to wonder if there's a treasure there. We know there's a treasure there. We know it's him. So what does he say? The judge is standing at the door. Don't grumble against each other. Just be patient and wait. Your redemption, in other words, is near. So one day at a time, right? One more day. Guess what? You might not be able to go another year. You might not be able to go another six months. You can always do one more day. With God's help, that is. So look at verse 10. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job. By the way, a lot of Bibles translate this, the patience of Job. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord. Over time, remember, you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So again, the next point on the board is a repeat. The faithful keep on believing, waiting on God over time. They're willing to wait on God over time. True faith implies patience if it's going to show itself as true faith. Eventually, we will receive the things of God. It's not if, but when. If everything were given to us at once, there's no real test of faith, therefore no faith required. So let's remember, everybody, it's the proof of our faith in time that glorifies God. It's not quitting on God and his plan. Remaining steadfast, as it says in James, even in hopeless circumstances, that brings glory to God in the end. 
And as we've been noting, every true believer will have some fruit like this in their lives by grace through faith because they belong to him. It's just what believers do. They pick up their cross and they follow him. They go forward. Even if it's really slowly, like a turtle. One little slow step at a time, it doesn't matter. If you're going forward, if you're following him. So let's visit an old friend today in the scriptures. Go now to 1 Peter 1, verse 3. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. The Spirit is building us up. And He's leading us into greater faith. A.K.A. patience. 1 Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. (laughs) Say that five times, huh? Ready to be revealed in the last time. Notice, folks, it's by God's power we're being guarded through faith. Who gives us the faith every day to persist? God does. He's for us and not against us, by the way, as we're believers in Christ. But it's by God's power that we can persist in the faith. Look at verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, but believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Obtaining the outcome of your faith or patience, the salvation or deliverance of your souls. And then look at verse 13. Jump to verse 13. 1 Peter 1, 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Set your hope fully. In other words, all your hope is in one basket. It's the coming of Jesus Christ. Stop hoping in other things. Put all your hope in his basket. This says hope fully on the grace that's going to be brought to you one day at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So why can't we wait? Why aren't we patient? Maybe our eyes are on the wrong thing. Remember Colossians 3, 1 through 10, keep your eyes on the things above not in the things of the earth. Set your hope fully, everybody, on the grace that's going to be brought to you one day at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, have patience, knowing that one day soon you will see the Lord one way or the other. Be willing to wait by faith. The Lord, Jesus, is our great hope as we know. And by always hoping in him, we can have supernatural patience. Patience that we never could muster on our own, not even close. But we can have an endless patience. We can just keep going, knowing that he's coming back one day and rescuing us from it all and making us, sanctifying us completely one day in perfection. If our eyes are on him, we can have that patience, no problem. It's only when our eyes get off of him. And the outcome of patient faith in our lives 
is not only the deliverance of our souls, like freedom and peace, but also the display of God's compassion and mercy upon us. He will come through for us, even in the moment. We just saw this in James 5. Go uh, back to James 5, verse 11. You're in Peter right now, right? Go to James 5, 11. Let's look at this again. James 5.11 Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. That's kind of like patience, isn't it? That's a synonym for patience. We consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness or patience of Job. And you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Maybe, just maybe, we should keep our eyes on the outcome as we go through certain things in life that require the P word. Maybe, just maybe, we should keep our eyes on the outcome. We know the outcome. Maybe God will relieve us of a situation on earth, and he often does, right? Just in his perfect timing. But even if not, we know the outcome, being with the Lord. We know ultimately the outcome will be good one way or another. In other words, filled with his compassion and mercy, as we just read. Isn't that true? And remember Ephesians chapter 2. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 2 verse 8. This tells us we are to walk in the good works that God himself laid out before us to walk in. Kind of like he gave us a path. But in other words, he did it and he prepared it. And he even empowers us by grace through faith. Look at Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 to bring a couple points together for us. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Do you remember we read in 1 Peter that God caused us to be born again? This is not of your doing. It's the gift of God. And so is everything else good in your life. Not as a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has all these different tests even ordained for us that he kind of set up, you know, with certain people and situations that he know would happen. And he wants us to be there and wait for his deliverance. Many times he wants us to just sit there and be content and wait for his deliverance. Have him teach us how to deal with the situation up here where we find his peace in something we never thought we could have peace in. Like Job on the pile of ashes, scraping his boils. He had peace. He didn't even sin with his lips towards God. What a wonderful picture. What a wonderful example of patience. My God has a plan. And my God will deliver me. And whenever he wants, I'm good with that because he's brilliant. He's all-knowing. I trust him. Walking in and experiencing good results in our lives comes from living in patience. Not rushing it, not coming up with your own solution, not running away from the situation that God decided to put you in. It comes from living in patience, trusting God one day at a time, no matter what. That reminds me of last week's block. Do you remember that was called the sphere of God? Where the Lord is basically saying to us, it's even on the title on the picture, on the, on the website, just trust me. Just trust me. I love you and I know all things. What else do you need to know? Just trust me. We believers have been granted the God-given ability 
to sit back each day and say, God is in control. And if you don't have that or you don't do that enough, pray for it. Pray for the strength and the wisdom and the faith to do it. God is in control. Holy Scripture teaches us that God will do it and will bring it to pass in our lives and that we can be patient and rest. We also noted years ago a powerful, simple truth on the board. Our next slide. God glorifies himself by sanctifying us. God glorifies himself by sanctifying us. Do you remember this point? This is from a few years ago. When the angels, for example, see the finished product God makes of us weak sinners, they are compelled to praise God and fall on their faces before God, praising him for his majesty and his brilliance and his love and his mercy. Because they say, probably the angels say, right? Lord, how did you do this in them? Those weak, sinful peons that were arrogant against you. Even worse than us angels. And God says, yep. I don't know if God says, yep, like Pastor Ed does, but God says, yep, that's right. See my omnipotence and grace and compassion towards those creatures? Pretty good, huh? I even sanctified them. The ones that spit in my face at one point, the ones that willfully sinned against me as believers, I even sanctified them. Pretty impressive, huh? And God's the only one that can say that because he's the only one that can do that. And the angels are floored. But that's why we look forward to being sanctified. God glorifies himself by sanctifying us. So it doesn't depend on us. You see what I mean? It depends on God who sanctifies. Our only role is to go forward by grace through faith, right? But where's the faith come from? The gift of God. So again, God, God glorifies himself by sanctifying us. And by his grace, when our faith is tested by fire, like Peter talked about, and listen, we know fire hurts, right? We get burned sometimes. But by grace, when our faith is tested by fire, it's accomplished over time, remember. We pass the test over a period of time, and God gets the glory. That requires our patience and our trust in God. So the following principles are from our lessons uh, years ago now. And it just so happened, just so happened, I don't know, it's so strange how this happens. Pastor mentioned this exact week, the next point on the board. Go for it, DJ. Anil. Did Pastor not mention this on Thursday, I think? And maybe Sunday, too? Anil. What are the odds of that, everybody? <laughs> By the way, this, this lesson right here, this lesson on patience, I've had in the hopper for over a year. And I've wanted to teach it when I get the chance to fill in, and God, it wasn't the right timing. What are the odds that Pastor mentioned Anil this week? And this is in this lesson which is from years ago, by the way. I love, love when God shows us his hand on the ministry like this. On that same vein of thought, what are the odds that we talked about Job this week and we went and read about Job this week? And our main passage is about the steadfastness and patience of Job. Do you see how the Spirit is on us? Like, what more do we need to see to realize that we should be paying attention and listening and saying, okay, this is the truth and this is the message for today that I need to hear. But no, we don't do that. Why don't we do that? Look, God gives us all these signs. We didn't even ask for them. And he says, here's another sign, wink, wink. Here's another sign, wink, wink. Do you see me? Do you see my hand on, on all this? So exciting. Anyway, on the board... The word anneal, according to Google.com, it means to heat metal or glass and allow it to cool slowly in order to remove internal stresses and toughen it. Now think about the fact that we're tested by fire. 
in 1 Peter. Think about this from a spiritual perspective. Think spiritually as you look at this definition. Think of God working on our souls and increasing our faith. Through what? Situations that demand patience. Will you fail and say, God, help? I need your patience. Next point on the board. God anneals our faith. Sanctification is like the annealing of metal. As believers, we must be worked to the glory of God. He bends us incrementally, adds heat under pressure, then gives us time to cool down. Thank God for that, right? Doesn't he, though? If you think about that cycle right there, you can see it over and over in your life if you, if you pay attention. He turns up the heat a bit, and you don't know what to do, and hopefully you turn to him, and then he gets you out of it, and then he allows you to cool down. And look at the big picture again and see what he did for you even. In the end, each iteration makes us stronger, more resolute in our faith, like a piece of metal that's been annealed. We come out stronger and able to handle more, and things don't bother us the same way anymore. And you know, if we keep going through that process, then years down the line, we're in a place that we bring great glory to God. Because we go through stuff like Job went through, and people don't understand how we have peace in a horrible situation like that. How did, how did Job get there? Do you think Job was not tested his whole life and he grew in the faith his whole life for years and years and years and years before he was actually able to handle that thing that God allowed him to go through? We're going to get this in a minute too. He was prepared through the annealing process over many years, over time, to pass that great test and bring God maximum glory. And it didn't even bother him for a while. It didn't even bother me at peace. That, my friends, is supernatural. And when people see that, and when the angels see that, we bring great glory to God. God gets all the glory. And when we get to heaven, we're going to be so thankful that we participated in that. And we're a good example of God's power. Amen? That's like what, this is what it's all about, everybody. Why are we still here after salvation? So God is doing something divinely good in all of our lives. And we mustn't be scared of what he might ordain for us to go through. He's a good father who cares for his children and would never give us too much. Even in Job's situation, he didn't give Job too much. Job passed the first two tests with flying colors. He failed a bit after that, right? Because he's not perfect. But it was amazing. And we must step back and trust God because he knows. So our next point on the board. As God anneals our faith. God will never give us more than we can handle. He knows exactly what we can bear. So instead of looking at things with worry and doubt. Look at things from the perspective that God knows. What you're capable of handling. By grace through faith. In other words, just trust him. It really is that simple. Just trust him. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 and Psalm 112, 6 through 7. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Don't worry, it's not COVID, it's just allergies. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. We all have to ask ourselves if we believe that verse. 
if we do believe that verse, if we decide to trust him with everything, then we're not scared of what's to come. Patience, right? I said it that way on purpose. Sometimes it's hard to say. I got to be patient in this situation? But God understands. And God will build it in you if you remain humble. Turn to our other passage, padding this point here. Go to Psalm 112, verse 6. Psalm 112, 6. Love this passage, love this principle. Psalm 112, verse 6 and 7. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. Isn't that great? His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. He will not be afraid of bad news. Is that you? Or at least, isn't that who you'd like to be? As believers in Christ, we should never lose sight of God's promises like this. And we should never lose sight of the big picture. And that's one thing that I'm so grateful for in this ministry. The big picture. God keeps our eyes on the big picture. And with the big picture in our hearts, there is never a reason to despair. To give up. Never. We win in the end. Just read the end of the book of Revelation. So again, the point on the board. As God anneals our faith. God will never give us more than we can handle. He knows exactly what we can bear. So instead of looking at things with worry and doubt, look at things with the perspective that God knows what you're capable of handling. By grace, through faith. Just trust him. So therefore, life is simple for us believers. How so? Look at our next verse on the board. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you when? At the proper time. What does that imply? The P word. Right? Have patience, God says. I'll exalt you at the proper time. What is our problem? See how simple our life should be? Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It's that simple. That is our daily walk, my friends. At least a big part of it. It is not complicated. It just takes faith of a mustard seed even. And he does the work in us. And he delivers us. And he exalts us at the proper time. Are we willing to be patient? When's the last time you said, my life is God's problem? My life is God's problem. He took the burden from you when he saved you. He took it from you. Laid it on Jesus. Your life is God's problem. He put you here. He knows your weaknesses. And he promises to take care of things as long as you follow him. I.e. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. He gives us the strength and the faith and even the way of escape, as we already read, so that we can endure what he's given us to bear patiently, bringing glory to God on earth and in heaven. See what you don't see. Make a decision to look at what you don't see. What's going on around us? The angels are watching. What's the big picture? Again, 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Here's another point from years past on the board. 
regarding perspective. God glorifies himself by sanctifying us, a process that at times is both painful and edifying, by which we benefit. Don't ever forget that. In the end, we always win, and in the end, we always benefit because we belong to him. We might say it's all good because we're in God's plan. It's all good. God teaches us patience and perseverance as we go through life. And we must believe that God has us right where he wants us. And not only that, he often wants us to stay in our particular situation. Not run away. Not run away and get out of it because it's easy. He wants us very often to stay in our current situation with patience and perseverance, trusting in his plan for our lives. On the board, the gift of perseverance. One of the key areas of fruit bearing for the truly faithful is perseverance. Perseverance being a grace gift from God. And it's only by God's power and grace that we are able to persevere in the faith, that we are able to be patient. Faith was his gift to us at the moment of salvation and continues to be to allow us to persevere and be patient. God has changed our hearts, remember, and he empowers the believer accordingly. So on the board, what's the message of the Spirit? What's the Spirit's message today? It's that by grace through faith, we will endure, persevere, and therefore bring glory to God. Notice it's this ongoing faith that brings glory to God and produces good works in the process. I'm going to skip forward a little bit in my notes uh, due to time here. So there's a certain level of appreciation and gratitude in the heart of a true believer that can't be denied and can't be hidden. And when we live by faith, when we walk by faith, that's what shows up. It shows up to other people. And that brings glory to God as well. People see our example. So let's go back to our main passage in James 5, verse 7. Back to the P word specifically. Learn to like the word patience. I mean, listen, none of us likes to be patient. At least in certain situations or with certain people, we just don't like to be patient. We'd much rather run away from the situation. But learn to like the word patience. It is truly a supernatural thing when it, when it bears fruit in our lives. It's beautiful and powerful. James 5, 7 through 11. Let's just read it through. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we considered those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness or patience of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. We could spend years on that passage we just read. But let's see what else the Spirit wants us to glean from this today to take with us as we go forward in our lives. We are told to be patient in verse 8. On the board, that is the Greek word makrothemeo. And it means to be long-spirited long-spirited, for example, objectively forbearing or subjectively patient. 
But isn't that an interesting term? To be long-spirited. How about not putting any time limits on God? When we go through things. How about not giving God ultimatums? All right, God, I'll go through this for you, but it's better be over in a month. You know? How about not doing that? Like, isn't that against patience? Isn't that like not trusting God? How about being willing to say, God, I'll go, I'll go through this as long as you want. I don't need to see the end. I trust you. How about saying to God, however long you want for this, Lord, I'm good. You're the Lord. That's it. You're the Lord. Okay. Be long-spirited. Our next point on the board, the patience of the believer. We don't have to know the end of something or the timing of it. We just have to know that he is God and he is good. As in James 1.17, all good things come from our Father above. We don't have to know the end of something. Does the adolescent side of us want to know? Absolutely. Does our flesh want to know that there's an end in sight? Yeah. But our spirit, the spirit of Christ in us, doesn't need to know. Turn to that. Turn to him. Say, I want to be like him and accept what you've called me to bear. I want to drink the cup you've given me, if that's your will, Father. If not, please get me out of it. But if it is your will, keep me right here. And be like this. We don't have to know the end of the, of the situation or the timing of it. We just have to know that God is God and he's on our side. And he's all-powerful. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you at the proper time. So that patience and that perseverance, really that attitude of unending trust brings tremendous glory to God. And we'll see it one day in heaven. Then in verse 11, we have another Greek word for steadfastness on the board. The steadfastness of Job. In James 5.11, the Greek word on the board is hupomone. And it means cheerful or hopeful endurance. Constancy. Love that definition. It doesn't just mean to be steadfast. It means to be steadfast in a cheerful way or hopeful way. Looking forward to the good at the end. Totally different, isn't it? You can be patient or you can be patient with hope with cheerfulness. That's really what this points to. The believer stays the course, always full of hope of the outcome being good because God is good. It's beautiful that we always win. And just and you're still in James 5, right? right look, at, look at the end of verse 11. What's the outcome? That the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. You see? That's the end of the matter. That's the truth of the matter. He has a divinely good purpose for us in the end. And he will not be thwarted by man or angels or Satan. So what do we have to worry about? And why do we not uh, willingly be patient? On the board, the hope in patience. In the end, whether in this life or the next, the enduring believer the one who lives long-spirited and with cheerful endurance by grace through faith, he will be blessed by his God and Father who is full of compassion and mercy. That's why we should never, ever, ever lose hope, everybody. Like hope should be the one thing that we always have because we know the end of the story, right? We should never, ever, ever, ever lose hope. So let's close with a few scriptures on patience and waiting on the Lord. Uh, turn in your Bibles to Micah 7, verse 7. In the Old Testament, 
Micah 7, verse 7, towards the end of your Old Testament. Just a few scriptures of encouragement to basically, really, honestly, trust God more. But that takes a willingness to wait and a willingness to be patient. Micah 7, 7. Wow, you guys are struggling with this one, huh? It's only a couple pages, I guess, but... Micah 7, 7. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. You see his attitude? Hopeful. Not just being patient. Being patient with hope. Cheerful even. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. What an awesome attitude. Go to Lamentations 3, verse 25. Lamentations 3, verse 25. Lamentations 3, 25. See, I'm being patient. See, I'm patiently waiting. See how God did that for you? What a good example. Ha! At least this time. Uh, Lamentations 3, 25 through 26. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. How is it good to wait? Anybody? Quietly. Some of you are like, no, I can't do that. In other words, button the lips, right? Stop complaining. Stop grumbling. Actually trust that God has a plan for you. What a concept, right? Look at this verse again. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. He's good to those who wait for him. Which implies that if you don't wait for him, you're going to miss out on some goodness. To the soul who seeks him, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation or the deliverance of the Lord. On the board, Ecclesiastes 5.2 in the NIV. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. Amen? Some of you are like the wicked witch of the West right now. No! <laughs> I can't close my mouth. Let your words be few and be blessed. Be blessed. The Lord is good to those who wait on him. Oh, it's good to laugh, isn't it? And laugh at ourselves. All right. Uh, go to Psalm 40, verse 1. Psalm 40, verse 1. Now, this one better not take so long. <laughs> I'm losing my patience. Uh, fun, fun, fun. Psalm 40, verse I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. That, my friends, implies the Lord doesn't always answer us right away. He's looking for patient trust from us. Right? I waited patiently for the Lord, and then he inclined to me and heard my cry. Like, you know, he doesn't always answer us right away. Verse 2. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. What do they see? They see your victory that God gave you when you waited on him. 
if you read that in context. Go to Romans 8, verse 24. Romans 8, 24. Just a couple more verses here as we close. <clears throat> Romans 8.24 For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes in what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And turn to Hebrews 10, verse 35. Hebrews 10, 35. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, another synonym of patience, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So in closing, my friends, let us set our minds to be patient and willing to wait on the Lord. Let's set our minds right now to trust him no matter what. Even if you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, doesn't matter. Let's set our minds to never quit, to never walk away from him no matter what our doubts or struggles are. Our last point on the board, in John 6, 68 and 69, Simon Peter answered Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another day like this. We thank you for your sweet words of wisdom. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that brought all this together today for us, even in a unique way, showing your hand upon us and that we should never lose hope. And we should always be patient because of who you are and because of what you've done for us. Father, we ask that you bless us all, especially in our spirits. Help us go forward and persevere in the faith and let your light shine to a lost and dying world that needs to see hope so desperately. You are our great hope. We ask all these things in the name and on the merits of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. By the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you.